You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is, of course, Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado for episode 375 of this podcast. We've just got 25 left to go, and then we will be at 400 episodes. That's exciting. As always, we'll do a recap of the last 100 episodes, some of the highlights, what was the most popular, and also what was the least popular. But that's still a ways out, maybe a month, maybe something like that. On average, I skip a few days a month. This past month, the past several weeks, I've skipped more episodes uh, recording on uh, more days, I should say. I've skipped more days of recording than I should like, but it just couldn't be helped. It was a busy time. We had a lot of things going on. But I'm hoping to be more regular, more consistent in putting out content over the next month. And especially on my days off, I really do appreciate having seven in a row. Yesterday I was tired from seven days on. It was my first day off. But today I'm feeling a lot better rested. I slept a lot better last night than I did the night before. And yesterday too, I did physical work and that helped. When you sit at a computer all the time, your body starts letting you know that Hey, this is not this is not good. You're supposed to get up. You're supposed to move. You're supposed to be active and physical and do things, right? You need to go somewhere and you need to lift things and carry them and manipulate them and move them around and arrange them and organize them. And so sometimes on my days on, I actually am excited when a whole big basket of laundry comes up for me to sort. I do that in our family. I like to sort our laundry and I usually take care of the folding. Lauren does plenty with regards to cooking for all these kids and keeping them on the same page, pointed in the same direction, the right direction for schoolwork and for chores on the main floor. But I don't mind doing laundry, getting everything arranged, getting it situated to where kids each have their baskets. The boys get all the boys' laundry. That goes down to the basement. I don't separate it out for them. They can separate out what they've got. They know usually pretty well what's theirs. So all of the boys' laundry goes down into the basement. And Evelyn's is usually pretty easy to tell. She's got the pink clothes and the purple clothes and sparkles and things like that. Boys don't have that. Call us old-fashioned, but our boys don't have the pink and purple and pastels quite so much. So she gets her basket, and then she's working on that, getting it put into drawers. We just got a a new dresser for her, which is good. The one that she had, she still has, but now she's got another one besides because her clothes are getting bigger. She's getting bigger. Plus also, the closet can only contain so much. And we'll be able to free up some space in there with this new dresser for her. But yesterday 
my wife and different of the kids at different times helped her, but especially my wife painted both dressers to match a Hobby Lobby uh, wall art map that I picked up for Evelyn a couple of years ago. I think shortly after we moved here, I was down in the Brighton area for something and happened to pass by a a shopping center on my way home. Stopped in because I think it was Evelyn's birthday. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I stopped in and picked this map out. And it's a map of the world and it's all in pink and gold and the lettering down at the bottom is big and bold and cursive and feminine. It says, she's going places. I thought, well, that's a good idea for Evelyn to have that to look at. Something to be optimistic about. Why not? I'll, I'll get that. That looks nice. Plus, she'll learn some geography and, you know, it's it's good. Well, why shouldn't she go places? So, we've got now two dressers in her room that each, uh, you know, match uh, different shades of pink that are in that map. There's pretty much just two shades of pink in that map. So, one dresser is the one shade and the other dresser is the other shade. So that's cool. I think that's nice for her and it'll make her feel like that room is more her own, make her feel special. And that's important that she would feel special and loved being the only girl. Uh, she doesn't get to share, you know, six brothers, uh, you know, like each of our boys, they have six brothers and, you know, they can share six brothers worth of stuff, uh, for the most part. There are exceptions where one of them is very particular. They bought this with their own money. They worked for some neighbor or for someone doing yard work or farm work or something like that, and they made 20 bucks. And so they bought this, and it's theirs. And no, they don't want to share. My rule, our rule, I've been pretty adamant about this. If I bought it for you... (laughs) And it wasn't a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. If I bought it for you, then it's still kind of mine, actually. If I bought it for all of you, then yeah. You know, you don't have to share just as quick as the other person wants it, but you're going to have to be considerate and take turns and you can't hog it. And we're not going to fight over it. But, you know, you can have your turn and then let someone else use it, play with it. But with Evelyn, she doesn't have that. She doesn't have six brothers worth. She has seven brothers worth of boy stuff all around. And, you know, there's plenty of that, which is common to all of us. But it is important. It is important to me that her being our only daughter, our only sister for the boys, uh, she would have a special space in the house that she can go to. And it's hers. And if she wants to control access to it and say, hey, you know what? You're not welcome in my room right now. What better opportunity for her to learn how to establish boundaries, healthy boundaries. Hey, this is my space. I want to be in my space focusing by myself right now. Give me some space. And what better opportunity for her brothers to learn how to be considerate of a lady, a young lady in this case, but a lady, uh, to be gentlemen. They, They should learn how to become gentlemen and 
a very important part of being a gentleman is uh, recognizing when the lady needs some space, right? Just back up. So that was yesterday as far as what Lauren was working on. And the boys were very helpful in carrying dresser parts down and out to the driveway and then back up again once everything was dry. We also worked on our garage a little bit, which still needs some work, but we're going to try and pace our approach to that. I'm going to try and pace our approach to that. For one thing, it's warmer here the past few days than it has been, so we need to get acclimated before we just go jumping in and doing a full day's worth of work, or you might overdo it. You might not be ready for things to be that warm, and your body might not be able to keep up with it. So let's not overdo it. Let's just kind of ease into working in warm weather. Also, too, the reminders to drink water. Hey, have you had enough water to drink? Well, no. I'm feeling dizzy. Well, okay, that's not good. Have you had any water to drink today? Well, no. Uh, you need to get some water. <laughs> Half of my job as a father, I'm convinced, is asking my children, have they had enough water to drink? It's, it's crazy. But the boys were good yesterday in making some progress on it. They worked longer than I wanted them to. I actually gave them instructions on the front end. I said, you know, I don't want this to be something you are sucked into all day to where you're exhausted and you're just burnt out on it for the next few days. Let's do 30 minutes, I think is what I said we should set the timer for. Let's just do 30 minutes, all of you working on it together. See how much you can get done of this part of it, reorganizing the tools. I had them organized, and you guys have used them, and I don't mind you using them as long as you ask me first, and you put them back. Put them back, put them back, put them back where they came from. Don't abuse them. Don't neglect them. Don't lose them. Few things are more loathsome to a father and a man than having to buy the same tool more than once for whatever reason. If you buy the tool and it's a cheap tool and it breaks, boy howdy, that is galling. For some reason, it's just the principle of it. It's like, oh man, this worthless da 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 I spent how much for this da 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 now I gotta go buy another one da 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 That's the worst. Or if that's not the worst, what must be the worst is when you buy a good one and you can't find it because somebody borrowed it and they didn't put it back. Uh, or you do find it and it's like, why is this in the condition that it is? Why is it dirty? Why is it? But that's my job. That's my job as a father to teach them these things. That's what this is. It's an opportunity to teach them these things. No time like the present. So... We're working on it. It's a work in progress. That's parenting in a nutshell, a work in progress. But that was their project. My project, meanwhile, for my part yesterday, for some reason, I got a notion that these books, these three bookshelves that were moved up into my office months ago, actually when I very first started working from home, or the week before I was going to start working from home, 
these bookshelves uh, just got kind of carried up and then, hey, let's just put the books on them. Uh, we just need to get the books off the floor. We're not going to be really particular about how we organize the books. It just uh, it is sufficient to organize them by getting them off the floor, uh, getting them off the you know main floor for one thing, up the stairs, into my office, get the bookshelves in here, uh, and then let's just put them on. Put, put the books on the bookshelves as long as they fit. That's all I care about right now. And we've got a dozen other things that we need to work on. But at a certain point, things kind of settle down and you start revisiting some of the projects and you start looking at, hey, wait a second. You know, why didn't I finish that? Well, I've got time now. I guess I could, why, why don't I just work on that now? Yeah, I'll just, I, you know, hey, I'm just going to move this over here and then that would look better over here. Well, then I got to take all these off because, it, you know, now we've got too many books of this type on this shelf. And so it's not done yet, right? I, I worked on that for pretty much all afternoon and into the evening yesterday because we have a lot of books. And I'm trying to be intentional about it. And I'm trying to put them in such a way that makes intuitive sense. And here's my reasoning. You know, my my wife was a librarian in high school. She was the school librarian in high school. She was also the Hillsboro Public Library librarian, or one of them, rather. Uh, Hillsborough Public Library being right next door to where the high school used to be. And so, you know, I like books. And that was also conveniently an excuse to go to the library that she was there when she was working. Uh, the books were not the only things that I uh, was there to see. I was also there to see uh, her and to talk with her and you know, maybe occasionally flirt, make conversation, have her roll her eyes at me, watch out for other guys, you know, being there to chit-chat. So being married to a librarian, such as I am, who was a librarian in high school. And then also when we went to Cedarville, she worked at the university library on the side. And then when we got married, she worked for a time at the Jamestown Public Library. Uh, it's very familiar to me that uh, libraries have uh, and need uh, a system of organization. You should organize your books. They shouldn't just be just everything everywhere, all subjects just mixed in together. No, 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 don't do that. There has to be some kind of a system. And the system will probably vary depending on what your library is made up of. But in our case, I'll just give you kind of a, a brief rundown because it's funny, I like to talk about audiobooks so much. I don't usually read physical books, but we have a, a pretty good library. It's not as good as I'd like it to be. We could Boy, howdy, I tell you what, we could have a much, much, much bigger library uh, if money were no option and we had sufficient shelf space. One of these days, I'd love to get floor-to-ceiling bookshelves. I think that would be just great. Why is this bookshelf only as tall as I am? There's like three feet. We could fit probably a good 40 more books if we had all the way to the ceiling shelves. What's up with that? Um, is we're, heaven knows we're running out of floor space, 
So we're just going to have to we have to go to the ceiling, I think. But what makes up our library is a lot of Goodwill finds, a lot of thrift books. If you ever want to buy used books online, check out thriftbooks.com. You can usually find one or more used copies, uh, not necessarily with brand new titles, but books that have been on the market for years or decades. You, you will most certainly find uh, copies on there. Sometimes rare books, the, the prices are pretty steep. So I don't know. I, you know. Maybe check some other places as well. But at least for more common books, more popular books, uh, you really can't beat thriftbooks.com. So one of the things I've been doing, because I'm kind of particular about these things, uh, I've been going, as I'm reorganizing our shelves, and peeling off all of the thrift books stickers. Because really, we're not, I don't know, maybe it's, this is a this is probably a big deal to some people from the outset, and they just, you know, they make it nice to begin with, and then they keep it nice. But as long as I've got the book, and the knowledge is in there, and it's a good book, I'm really not overly concerned with what the cover looks like. I... I, I really have embraced that old saying that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. But that said, I'm also, I, I would say, ATD, attention to detail. My wife would say a little OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, but if I'm at it anyways, if I've got the time, uh, why wouldn't I peel off that little sticker on the front spine of the book that says thriftbooks.com and there's the barcode, et cetera, et cetera. Why wouldn't I take that off and throw it away? I have no reason. I'm just going to do it. So I'm, I'm doing that as I'm going. And that makes the books look nicer when they're sitting on the shelf. But we have a lot of books from Goodwill, thrift books, uh, some books that have been given to us over the years, some old college books still, not quite so many. I think we got rid of a lot of those because we just we looked at them and we're like, you know, we don't really need this. We need the shelf space more than we need this book. Let's just donate it, right? Let's just give it away. But besides those, more and more, especially with the homeschooling curriculum that we use, we have a lot of school books for our kids, because the curriculum that we're using, Ambleside Online, uh, it's very intensive on the reading list, especially as the kids get older. Uh, they're reading a lot of books in the course of a year. And they might not read the entirety of every book that's on the list. They might be reading just you know, the first several chapters of this book, the first half of this, or what have you. But still, you have to have the whole book. I mean, you can't just order the chapters that you want. So we have the whole book. Uh, in most cases, they're going to, if they like the book, they're going to read the whole thing anyways. So, it, you know, it's all the same. But we have now in my office one shelf that is primarily dedicated to Lauren. Those are her books. And when she's looking for a book on one of the subjects that she's most interested in, uh, she can go to that shelf 
and find it. What a novel concept. That's a great idea. Yeah, you should be able to find the book that you own, whether you're going to go and look at it again and read it again, reference something you remember being in there, or you talk with someone and they're like, hey, you know, do you have any books on such and such? And you say, oh, yeah, I do. Here. Make that a one-minute exercise instead of a 30-minute exercise. Oh, man, where did I put that book? Where is it? Is it on this shelf? No. Is it on this shelf? No. Is it on this shelf? No. Darn. Darny darn darn. I, meanwhile, have two bookshelves, and I have more books besides elsewhere. I'm going to have to do something with some of the things I have on the bottom shelf of one of these two. I just have some empty boxes down there that I've kept, I've held on to. Uh, there's still the box for the Oculus Quest. I figured I'd keep it for some reason. I don't, I don't know. When you first get something new, until you know that it's going to work, uh, it's you know it's pretty common to just hold on to the box, right? Uh, hold on to it maybe for a few weeks, a few months, until you're sure that it's working properly. But then invariably that also leads into, oh hey, why do we still have this box? Six months later, we should just toss it. Uh, we need the space more than we need this box. Yeah, pitch it. This is not bringing me joy. So I need to do some of that. need to get rid of some of these boxes for the Oculus Quest. And also there's some boxes for filing kits for our filing cabinet. That's also another project I need to jump into, uh, touching up our organization of these files. We need that box, but we don't need it there. I'm not going into that box on a regular basis, pulling things out. No, no, that that can go somewhere that is more difficult to access, uh, especially somewhere that is more difficult to see because it's not beautiful. That, that that box we need, but it's not bringing me joy. We're not going to pitch it, but we're gonna we're definitely going to put it somewhere else. And then that'll free up more space on that shelf, the bottom shelf. But basically, the division of my two shelves of physical books, and there are more besides, but the two that I'm working on right now, is one of those two is Bibles, commentaries, concordance, um, various Christian literature, books on various subjects related to theology, and the church, and faith, and discipline, and things of that nature, right? Call it my uh, religious studies, my Christian nonfiction uh, section. Christian life and thought. How about that? So that's one shelf. And floor to ceiling, it's, I mean, it's pretty well, pretty well full. Actually, I hadn't realized how much in the way uh, of titles because you kind of like when everything's just kind of everywhere you know you're just trying to get it off the floor make sure it's on a shelf any shelf will do you don't realize how much you have on a given subject and then you start putting it in putting it all together it's like oh wow we have we actually have a fairly good selection here on this range of topics interesting okay cool Uh, So that's one, right? Christian life and thought. And then 
I have another one which uh, is essentially history. Uh, lots of American history, some world history, not as much world history as I should like, but some. Uh, also, some various hard subjects like criminal justice. I have a few, actually a few books on uh, law and criminal justice. The Criminal Mind, Inside the Criminal Mind. I picked that one up at a Goodwill at some point, I think. You know, some some various books of that nature. And actually, it's it's funny. A lot of history is related to uh, understanding the criminal mind and not necessarily you know, violating the laws of man, but uh, violating the laws of God and man. That's, that's most of history. Uh, not always and only, but, but plenty of history is that. Uh, or it's the response, right? A lot of it is one of the two. So that shelf is very much concerned with understanding the human story so far, thus far. Western civilization, very heavy on the Western civilization, very heavy on American history, not going to lie. For my wife's, it's interesting to me. I see a certain theme as I'm organizing everything, and I'm trying to organize it in somewhat of a narrative flow, right? Like this should make some kind of a logical sense that this subject flows into this, into this, into this. So we've got, for instance, the books on being a girl or a woman before the books on marriage or relationship, romantic relationship. You should be a girl before you get married. Have your girlhood before you enter into womanhood and then get married before you have children and then have children before you start trying to figure out how to raise children and maybe figure out how to instill some discipline before you undertake to homeschooling. So we've got the books on child rearing and discipline prior to the books on homeschooling. And then we've got various devotional type books up there. Uh, I will tell you, we do have some Beth Moore in our library. Uh, Also a copy of the Quran and the Book of Mormon and some publications of Watchtower. Uh, Not everything that is in our library do we agree with. And I think that's generally a good rule to have some things in your library that you don't agree with as a reference. Now, if I have $50 to buy books that I agree with that are going to be teaching me things that I don't know that are true and trustworthy or $50 to buy books that I don't agree with and I'm not quite equipped to be able to figure out uh, how to protect myself from. Well, I'm going to spend most of that $50 on books that I can reasonably trust are going to steer me right. Uh, But on the other hand, if I have a chance and most of what I've picked up in the way of books that I uh, really, really disagree with as far as studying competing religions, for instance, uh, they were either given to me or I found them at a goodwill 
and I saw them on the shelf and I thought, ah, you know what, for 50 cents, yes, yes, for 50 cents I will have a copy of that on my shelf to where I can pull it out. If I'm talking with somebody who's a Mormon, if I'm talking with somebody who's a Muslim, I can be able to pull this out and say, aha, well, your text says such and such. You know, I'd like to go to the source material itself instead of always only relying on middlemen to unpack it for me. You know, I might end up being the middleman, but it's awkward when you get too many middlemen in the middle, if that makes sense. But lots of, uh, lots of books on motherhood, child-rearing, homeschooling. You can tell that those are very, very important topics to my wife. As if the eight children uh, were not proof enough. Uh, she's actually, she's, she really has endeavored from the beginning to study, to be intentional, uh, to be circumspect. And I, I really, really do appreciate that. Now, we don't always get it right. And there's definitely conversations we have where there's a disagreement on how to handle a certain disciplinary issue with the kids or a certain choice they've made or we need to make. Uh, we don't always agree, but she is a help meet suitable for me for sure and has a good mind for nurturing our children, a very good mind for uh, loving them well and them feeling loved in the way that only a mother can love. But lots of books too on health as we've tried to get a handle on you know, what can we try here? Can we try some naturopathic, homeopathic remedies? Can we try uh, changing diet? And uh, yeah, can, we, can we focus on some other things that are more related to diet and exercise to help improve your health? Well, that's, that's good for all of us, right? Once she knows some things to try with regards to her health, she can also incorporate those into how the rest of our family eats and so she does and so we've got a, a section on her shelf for that uh, also a number of cookbooks so it's it's fun i i don't know i call me call me weird if you will i don't mind being weird in this way there's a lot worse ways to be weird these days i do not mind spending an afternoon organizing books in fact it's it's pretty nice, actually. It's really, it does not bother me. I'm listening to the second book in the Enders series by Orson Scott Card. Orson's science fiction is a bit different. Uh, it is a bit, it is a bit gritty, uh, but enjoying it. I am enjoying it. It has been good food for thought, uh, and I don't mind listening to an audiobook while I am organizing my physical books. That's fun. That's like bonus round. But I'm also today going to be working on trying to organize our kids books a bit better. And I think Lauren will fine tune it and tweak it. I'm going to ask her what she thinks if she's got any ideas. But uh, I think I know what she's going to say because I've heard what she has said in the past. And her view for the shelves that are downstairs in our sitting room is that the kids' school books are going to be down there and they each have their own cubby uh, or they have their own shelf on the 
the bookshelf in the hallway. There's a bookshelf in the hallway and there's a bookshelf against the wall, the north wall of the sitting room. And so their school books will go on those shelves and that'll be good. And when it's time to do school, hey, all your school books are in this general vicinity. Well, I think if we have the bookshelves upstairs, we've got two more bookshelves upstairs for them. Uh, we can have one of those bookshelves be dedicated to fiction. Here's just a whole lot of nice stories. And it's not required reading, but if you've got some free read time, or it's the evening and you want to just grab a book and sit down and read, here you go. Here's the section, right? And you don't have moms and dads' books cluttering up the works. And you don't, let's try and put all your school books on the shelves downstairs so you don't have your school books cluttering up the works. Ah, it's required reading. I don't want to read required reading. I want to read something for free and for fun. It's my choice. Because it reads different when you're just reading it for fun, for yourself, because you chose to. But we're going to have, I think, one section, very intentionally, fiction. Just These are stories, right? Hopefully they're good stories, uplifting stories try and put the books that the younger ones are going to be most interested in that are going to be at their reading level down on the bottom shelves where they can reach them and they're not climbing uh, and also to to where they're not cluttering up that higher shelves where the more mature fiction is going to be the stuff that our four older boys are going to be most interested in that's going to be a little bit more uh, advanced in the language, and also a little more complicated in the plot, a little longer. We'll have that be one shelf, and then the other shelf, I think, is just going to be nonfiction, mostly uh, reference-type encyclopedias and dictionaries and um, you know more of your science, technology, engineering, math-type stuff. Hey, you're trying to find that book that we have on computer science or programming or coding or what have you or the encyclopedia of tractors or military aircraft uh, it's going to be over here yep oh and sure enough there it is cool you know i think that'll be good for them that will be a benefit to them they will have uh, a quicker and easier time accessing the information that they want the content that they want uh, which will mean that they spend more time actually digging into the content itself. If you can't find the book, it makes it really hard to read the book. But even if you can find it, it just takes a while because it's not in an intuitive place. Every minute you're spending looking for it is one minute that you could have been spending digging into it. And if you're frustrated once you sit down to actually read it because it took so long to find it, that's not ideal. That's not we can do better. I'll put it that way. We can do better. And so I'm going to make it one of my big goals for today to do better, uh, to help us to do better in that regard. I think I can be a, a change I want to see in the world in that regard. But, you know, it's funny. I was talking last Friday night. We had in Gladii Veritas, myself, Bobby McPherson, Joseph Crampton. We're going to have another meeting tonight which is part of why I'm thinking about this. But that was a, a topic. That was one of the things that we discussed was, you know, what's, your, uh, what's your take on books? Do books need to be beautiful 
also on the outside. They need to be beautiful. And what makes a book beautiful on the outside versus uh, being just useful and, and, and practical and true uh, on the inside? And, you know, here's what I told <laughs> the guys, and I, I hope it didn't come across as, uh, oh, I don't know, crass or rude or anything like that. But um, just just being entirely honest, uh, for my wife's and my whole marriage, you know, we've been pretty well, pretty, pretty financially constrained. Uh, not... Not always because the money isn't there, but because when the money is there, uh, it's going other places, right? So, you know, at some point I would love, and, and I hope this doesn't sound like a criticism, it's just, it, it's just genuinely how I'm thinking about it in our situation. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have the money at this point to feel like I can select the collection of books that is going to look most beautiful on my bookshelves. So I am going to go to thrift books and I'm going to buy the cheapest, uh, copy. I'm, I, I just am. I'm going to buy the cheapest used copy that I can of this book in part because I want all eight of my children to wear it out. Uh, I want them to grab it off the shelf and, to be able to use it. And if it gets a little scuffed up, it won't be the end of the world. I, I don't want them to be afraid to grab it off the shelf in the first place because it, it looks too good. It looks too pretty. Uh, for my part, I don't read the physical copy all that often, so it's primarily going to be my kids or Lauren. I might occasionally reference a book or I might say, hey, you know, this is on the shelf if you want to borrow it. But I, in, in recent years, if I'm able to get an audiobook version of it, I'm getting the audiobook version of it, and I'm reading that way, I'm listening to it that way, and then I'm going to buy the physical copy to have on the shelf so that when my kids are walking by, uh, they can grab it if they're interested, if they're curious, if they're trying to understand better that topic, that subject. They heard it referenced they heard this person or this event or this culture, this civilization, this concept referenced. And then they come to me. Like my oldest son, he is reading Carl R. Truman's Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. And he's like, you know, so many of these people that he's talking about, Carl R. Truman is talking about, I, I don't know anything about. So do we have any books on some of these people he's talking about? I said, well, you know, kind of, sort of, not all of them. I'd like to get more. So you have to prioritize is all I'm saying. In our case, we've prioritized trying to buy as many books as we can afford by buying the inexpensive used paperback version. The most inexpensive that's going to be described in the listing uh, as used like new or used good or used even acceptable, depending on what it is and what the comparative cost is across the board. And I should hope, I should hope that at some point, at some future date, 
maybe it's when the kids uh, grow up and move out. Uh, I don't know. But at some point, we'll go back through some of these that are the most useful, that have been the most tried and true. And if it was a, a worthwhile book, then we will buy the nicest looking edition of it. But in the meantime, uh, we'll read it. We'll pass it around. We'll read it. We'll talk about it. And we'll discuss it. And we'll say, well, hey, what about this? What about that? What about, yeah, man, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. Was that really so good? Was it really a great book? I don't know. Or we'll say, man, this is just a fantastic book. This is so good. I want to read it 10 times. Oh, well, then in that case, it won't hurt us to buy it again and have more than one copy. Because if you want to read it 10 times and he wants to read it four times and she wants to read it twice, maybe we could use more than one copy. Now, we do have more than one copy of some books. Usually that is because we forgot that we had a copy or we couldn't find it. Moving, we'll do that. Having bookshelves in different places around the house, we'll do that. But at some point, at some future date, I would love to have a beautiful collection of books. At this point, I'm content for us to have useful books that we try and take reasonable care of. But as the kids are learning, as that is a work in progress, kind of like my tools in the garage, as that is a work in progress, uh, they can be a little rough with it because it's already used, right? It's It already came that way. It came a little bit scuffed, a little bit nicked. It wasn't in mint condition to begin with. But there you have it. There is an extended dialogue, or monologue, I suppose, as the case may be, on our books and organizing them and how we think of them. That's all the time I've got for this episode. I need to jump into some other projects for the day, like, for instance, updating personal organizers with my wife, making sure we're on the same page, doing kind of a recap of the past several weeks. Also cleaning out my email inbox today. That's on the docket. It builds up. It builds and builds and builds and builds when I'm on my days on because I just have so little free time. And the free time I do have, I'm prioritizing otherwise elsewhere, like podcasting, like spending time with my family. So I need to clean out my email inbox being Friday. I've got IGV tonight. I've got a chapter to write for the book on marriage. One last thing too, I'll just, I'll throw this out there. Since I said, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, denominations, different Christian denominations. Uh, One thing I would note uh, in a conversation I had with my neighbor two houses down, J.P. Chavez, the other day, he pointed out that, you know, definitely there are exceptions that are, hey, this is either good doctrine or bad doctrine that differentiates this church from that church, this denomination from that denomination. You know, this one, you can at least find scriptural support for what it is that they're teaching and their practice even if we disagree in their interpretation of it and their application of it. Uh, but but sometimes it's just, it. hey, no, like that's heresy and you guys are apostate. You're, you're a false church promoting false doctrine, false teaching, 
you're a synagogue of Satan as far as churches go. But as we were talking about it, it's like, okay, when we're talking about the, the, the former category, where it's, this is a legitimate disagreement that we have, but also not of first importance in the way that, let's say, the deity of Christ is, uh, or let's say uh, the doctrine of the Trinity is, or let's say the, the core gospel message being that it is by faith or by grace through faith, rather, that you've been saved, not of works. You know, when, it, when it's a difference in practice and interpretation and in the way that we organize our bookshelf, so to speak, you know, is it possible, as my neighbor proposed the other day, that sometimes what you have is kind of a, a more macro level of what the Apostle Paul is talking about in Corinthians when he says that the body is made up of many members. You know, he says that, and he, he's using the analogy of the physical body, right? Not every part of the body is an eye. Not every part of the body is a hand. And we don't have situations where the eye says to the hand, I have no need of you because you're not an eye. You don't do what the eye does. You don't see. So therefore, I have no need of you. No, 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 no. No, God has put the body together in such a way that even the parts that were without honor are given greater honor. So your hand is a necessary part, and you have two, but they're different. Your left hand and your right hand are different, even though they're very, very similar. You have two ears. You have two eyes. Your eyes and your ears are different, although they do similar sorts of things. They do them in a very different way. They're distinct, and that distinction does not mean that they're not part of the body. Well, could you have potentially, when it comes to the universal church, I'm not talking Roman Catholic Church, I'm talking universal church. The church writ large throughout the ages, in all times and places, God's people who will be gathered together to him at the end, gathered around the throne from every tribe and every tongue and every nation under heaven, singing praises to the lamb who was slain. Is it possible that some of these denominational differences are actually just scaled up versions of what Paul is talking about in Corinthians. They're not part of a separate body. They're not a different body. They're just a different part of this body. Something to think about. I'm going to leave it at that for reals this time, though. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Oh.